0: Today, I talked to Dr. Nadia Jackson-Bueva. Nadia helps people and organizations turn change and disruptions into an opportunity and a source of real competitive advantage again and again. Today, we're talking to Nadia about her new book, The Chief Reinvention Officer Handbook, How to Thrive in Chaos. In this visual guide to thriving in the midst of chaos, Nadia brings together the insights from a community of over 3,000 reinventors to offer a bold new method for business re- resilience during disruptive times. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Business Bookshelf podcast. I'm your host, Lance Pepler. Like you, I'm a lifetime learner and find books one of the best ways to do this. The purpose of this podcast then is to interview authors of new business books, get insights into their thinking, lives, and businesses, all in a light-friendly manner. This show is sponsored by Ideastorm, focusing on exponential innovation and leadership. Visit www.ideastorm.ca.za to book a free strategy session. Today, I talked to Dr. Nadia Jaksambieva. Called the Reinvention Guru and the Queen of Reinvention, Dr. Nadia is a business owner, educator, speaker, and author specializing in reinvention. As a consultant, Nadia has helped such organizations as the Coca Cola Company, ERG, Cola, L'Oreal, IBM, Cisco, uh, and many others to reinvent their products, processes, and leading practices. Today, we're talking to Nadia about her new book, The Chief Reinvention Officer Handbook How to Thrive in Chaos. In this visual guide to thriving in the midst of chaos, Dr. Nadia Jackson-Bieva brings together the insights from a community of over 3,000 reinventors to offer a bold new method for business resilience during disruptive times. Welcome to the podcast, Nadja. Um, Nadia, where am I speaking to you from today?
1: I'm in Columbus, Ohio in the United States.
0: Fantastic. And if I were to ever get onto an aeroplane again, which sometimes during COVID seems unlikely, what are some of the things that you would take me through to see as a tourist attraction or interesting things about
1: There are two things that I love about Columbus. One, I love the nature here. So I would take you to one of the metro parks, which we have many that are preserved in their natural form. But also I have a tradition, any friend who comes in, I do a tour of business models, and it's perfectly beautiful place to show you in one industry, take retail, uh, what kind of different business models you can experience. I just go from store to store and explain the business model to the visitors, which for them was always shocking because what do you do in Ohio? It's not New York, California. No, there are a lot of insights right here.
0: That's wonderful. So we we'd go and and do some work while we did our tourists and and sightseeing. And so, Nadja, can you give a brief overview of your background and, and the forming of the We Exist reinvention agency?
1: Oh, absolutely. I was born in the Soviet Union, raised in Kazakhstan, and in 98 I came to the United States to study in college. My faculty was amazing because they forcefully pushed me in the most beautiful, generous, and motivating way and also crowdfunded me to apply to a PhD program at Case Western Reserve and I graduated with a PhD in organizational behavior. From the beginning, my work was always about survival of large systems because organizational behavior covers so many things from individual to group dynamics to organizational dynamics to systemic dynamics. Mm. And I always wanted to understand big systems because I lived through the collapse of one big system, the collapse Mm. of the Soviet Union. And it was this idea, if I learn how to prevent it, uh, maybe uh, we can do something better than the collapse of the Soviet Union. And that took me to uh, executive education. I taught as Coca-Cola chair of coca-cola chaired professor of sustainable development for many years mm. in executive education school in the Slovene alps and one of my students he was a ceo of a company sat down after my course and he said the way you speak about these issues you almost got me convinced but here's the problem you've never worked in business so i don't exactly believe you <laughs> and that's how we founded the agency in 2007. Now, 13 years ago, we started We Exist Reinvention Agency to help companies that are facing collapse to avoid it and those who are not yet facing it to prevent it.
0: Mm. And are you still involved in education or are you full time in the We Exist Reinvention Agency and in the, you know, the the chief reinvention officer sites and content?
1: Well, it's cyclical for me. So I was in education. I went full-blown into consulting. And the last two years, we're actually trying to exit consulting because the only way we believe we can scale is through education. So I'm entering back into education with both Reinvention Academy and the Chief Reinvention Officer platform. Mm -hmm. And here, the amazing lessons we learned. Uh, We were a consulting company with no website and no business cards between 2007 and 2014 until we finally could not accept any more clients. We were wow. still booked. We were booked a year and a half in advance. And the clients were the ones who pushed us back into education because they said, if you cannot come, if your team cannot come, can you train us? What's your method? <laughs> and mm. we were like, hmm, do we have a method? And that's how Chief <laughs> invention Officer was born.
0: That's amazing. Um, And so thank you for your book, The Chief Reinvention Officer Handbook, which we'll speak about mostly on this interview, and I absolutely love it, and thank you for sending it through to me to review. Could you tell us how that book was written and an overview of it?
1: Oh, absolutely. This is a labor of love. I can speak about it for ages. So this is a handbook, Chief Reinvention Officer Handbook, How to Thrive in Chaos, is what it says on the cover. It is a handbook in which you get nine different tools with worksheets right inside the book. And you also get pre- perforated, ready-to-use business model reinvention cards that you literally tear out of the book and start using. It's a handbook because we want to make reinvention everybody's superpower. It is an age. If you think about 100 years ago, for our great-grandparents and grandparents, reading, writing, and math were the basic literacy skills in the 20th century. Mm. But in this century, adaptivity reinvention, renewal become the basic literacy skills. So this is the book which purpose is to give reinvention basics, the fundamentals into hands of as many people as we want, because our mission is very bold. We want 1 billion people with reinvention skills within 10 years. So the book was written in collaborative way. About 3,000 people tested the tools, participated in research, took them to their companies or nonprofits, or even to their families. We had people who used the same tools we use in business to reinvent their family dynamics or reinvent their church or reinvent <laughs> their nonprofit. And they came back, gave us feedback, helped us rethink the names, helped us visualize it better. There's a tool in this book called Stellar Strategy Canvas. I think that's version 11 of that tool. And the first versions look nothing like where we started. So it's a very collaborative, co-creative venture that is all about hands-on, field taste, field-tested solutions.
0: And I was delighted that there's at least six people from South Africa mentioned in the credits uh, right at the front of the book. And I actually reached out to every single one of them and they were all very, very complimentary of the book and of you yourself, which is wow. great. Now, I love our community. <laughs> now, you start off the book by looking at, you know, why businesses sink. Could you possibly take us through that as a summary of part one of the book and, and why do businesses sink?
1: Absolutely. So we worked in real field, in the field of business with large organizations and medium-sized organizations and sometimes even smaller organizations. And what we couldn't understand is why a company that is the titan of business, take Kodak, take Nokia, take companies you know in your environment, they are untouchable, unsinkable, perfect and beautiful. And in a matter of very short period of time, sometimes less than a year or two years, Mm. An untouchable company sinks. So we started doing a lot of research to understand what is going on. There are many things that are going on and they're discovered and discussed in the book. But one fundamental one uh, that was happening is what we end up calling, uh, coined this term called Titanic syndrome. Mm. And what is Titanic syndrome? We were looking at the behavior of companies that were facing disruption and pretty much engineer their own collapse through arrogance attachment to their status quo or past mm. success mm. or just simple inability to adapt to notice and to adapt to new and emerging realities so we looked mm. for a metaphor and we discovered this metaphor in the form of a titanic a long time ago i listened to this beautiful lecture of juan Serrano, who was using the movie titanic uh-huh. and when we were researching the companies i was like this is exactly what juan was showing on the screen with titanic this is exactly the same so we went to do our own research studied the historical documents and we were shocked how similar is the behavior of the entire team of titanic including the builders the owners the ship the Uh, the captain, and so on, to the behavior we see in companies. It's self-inflicted collapse. And we want to make sure that companies notice that behavior, understand it, and learn to prevent
0: it. So I, I love it in your book that you talk about bigger and bolder, because I also agree with that. What do you mean by companies need to try and be bigger and bolder?
1: Well, it is all about attachment to past success. If you Mm. think about the story of Titanic, one of the shocking elements of that story is not that people were disengaged. So Mm. they didn't kill themselves because they were disengaged. They were fully engaged. It's Mm. a myth that they were not caring or not professional. No, they were professional. They were caring and they were engaged. For example, the person who was at the wheel at the moment of collision, his name was Murdoch first officer murdered he was 39 it was not his first rodeo he he directed many ships before and he was famous in the industry he -hmm. was famous for one thing and that is avoiding collisions he was known for his heroic acts of quick thinking and doing all the right moves to avoid collisions in the past he was in the papers for for example avoiding collision on another ship arabic so Officer Murdoch did exactly what he did in the past. He used his own best practice. He used his own best case and he repeated exact same steps. The problem is he was on a ship based on a different technology and the conditions were different. Mm. So today, some researchers suggest that if he did nothing and he would just went into the iceberg head on, the ship would be damaged but it would not sink because not that many uh, sections of the ship would be damaged. Mm. So this is an example of what I see in business. We get so overconfident. If I was successful in the past, I'm untouchable in the future. If I have a best practice in the past, I can just keep doing the same old, same old. And the reality is that everything around us is changing. Our customers want new things. We have new technology, we have new competitors, we have new regulations, and we have new conditions like the COVID-19. So what made you successful today can be exactly what kills you tomorrow. And that is one element of what we call the chief reinvention officer mindset is understanding that no past success guarantees any future success and renewing uh, yourself on a regular basis ahead of the disruption?
0: So, the, the organization that I belong to believes in in something co- called the corporate immune system. And what the com- corporate immune system does is that when you introduce new innovation to an organization, you know, a Nokia or a Blockbuster, that the organization will fight it because it, you know, it goes against their revenue model, it goes against their bonus schemes, et cetera. So how how would you say you need to introduce these new innovations, these new reinventions, but still keep people on board so that they don't reject it straight away um, Mm -hmm. as an organization?
1: I love that question. I think it's crucial to acknowledge that resistance to change is normal And healthy and even biologically predisposed. This is what we know from biology, from innovation studies, from sociology. We are the kind of people who like stability. And therefore, uh, anything new is often perceived by our nervous system as a threat, the way a tiger or a bear is perceived as a threat Mm -hmm. so you're coming to your team and you're presenting this great idea of improving everything and your team sees a tiger and you know what's happening to their body their heart rate is going up their uh pressure is higher their brain is foggy because brain is not necessary to survive a tiger or run away from the tiger this is what's happening to your team not because they're bad not because they're out to get you not because they are complacent it's because Mm -hmm. they're normal So what do we do with that? Uh, In the book, we speak about six pillars of a successful reinvention system. And one of them is a mindset. Creating a reinvention mindset means having regular times to speak about the need to reinvent and change people's relationship with change. And we do different exercises and show different things you can do in the group in your colleagues, with your teams, and so on. A different thing, however, it's not all soft and fuzzy. You also need to have reinvention-ready systems. For example, your budget system. If your budget system is still stuck in the 20th century, where we were deciding only once a year, we would have an annual budget, we would have one decision and pretty much stick to it, your company will be dead because we're living in a new world and we need dynamic adaptive budgeting. That is the new era. So it's not just the soft stuff that needs to be changed, like our mindset and culture, but also very much the hard stuff, the systems we use for management, the principles we use for finance management or uh, supply chain management. Things like just-in-time management all come from the old era. You cannot have a just-in-time inventory when everything is very disrupted. That means you will have no production if you're just having it very, very lean that needs to be reinvented and this is the complex process with many elements but it can be done and is being done by the best companies right now
0: great so you mentioned at the beginning about business models and how you would take me through to you know the columbus shopping centers and look at the different business models that the shops have Can you talk to us a little bit about business models? Because those are obviously vitally important and business models need to change to reflect the current times and the, the new ways that we operate. So how do you look at business models and find the right business models for an organization?
1: Oh, I love business modeling. I think today, even if you're living in a nonprofit and if you're working in a business, but you are not directly related to business modeling, Mm -hmm. if you don't understand the concept of business modeling, at the center of which is value creation. If you don't understand the art of value creation, what is creating value in our business? What is destroying value in our business? What is adding value in our business? What is subtracting value in the business? If we don't understand it, we cannot be successful in today's world. That applies equally to nonprofit. Because every organization, every family has a business model because it cannot exist without uh, financial substance and it cannot exist without creating value. So there's a beautiful book, uh, Business Model Generation, that I love and adore, and it showed us the format, the the canvas in which you can use to create a business model. Mm. And we didn't want in any way to negate or compete with that book. That's already a beautiful tool. We wanted to create a complementary addition to what that canvas does. And so we wanted to talk not in the form of a process of business modeling, but instead the content. So we uh, focused on creating a library of business models for you to choose from and to combine. And once you go through the process, once you look through the cards, we included 25 different business models. Some of them are like franchise. This is a different business model than licensing, which is a different uh, business modeling than Robin Hood business model or long tail business model. We want you to know the variety of options you have we want you to get very comfortable with difference between each business model. And we also offer some exercises that help you choose the best for you. So how do you structure the conversation with your team to choose the one that is really most viable and most aspirational for your business?
0: Mm. And those business model reinvention cards are available on your website with chief uh, and so people can just go and put their, their name and their email address and get access to these 15 business models and two exercises, is that
1: Absolutely. So the uh, download, the free download, which I invite all of you to get is about 15 business models. And in the book, we have the full collection of 25. And the amazing thing, the simplest exercise to do with those cards mm. is uh, come home, cut them up, or come to your team, get them on Zoom, cut the bottom, the cards up and give small groups different cards and ask them to reinvent the same product. Start with something super easy. Let's say a publishing business, publishing a book and ask each one of them using their set of group cards. Let's say three cards to this group, three cards to this group, three cards to this group. Reinvent the same exact product using a different business model. You uh. cannot imagine the level of creativity and depth you can get in a matter of about one hour. And that will fuel your own business model reinvention in your own company.
0: Hmm. That's amazing. That's fantastic. And I'll have the link in the show notes so people can go and download it like I've done. And the last thing about the book before we get onto the, the Reinvention Academy is that it's a, the book is alive, isn't it? Because right at the top, it's got a website that you can go and find resources is that going to be constantly updated, the resources um, URL that's mentioned in the book that people can access and, and you know, from the, from when they buy the book and access it, they get more information on a continual basis?
1: Oh, absolutely. We're actually rebuilding the whole website right now because we have so much more to offer. We have talks and trainings and toolkits. Uh, we are doing everything we can in a very free and open format. It's called creative Commons license which means you can use all of it in your own company in your own mm. training you don't need to ask for permission we're giving it to you because we think these tools are transformative in nature so mm. we want you to use them we want you to download them and we will rebuild the site but it will always stay the same chief reinvention uh, we do have a reinvention academy which has a different website i'll speak mm. about it later but this living uh, project will continue to evolve and grow, and I'm sure other events, books, and so on will come out of it as well.
0: Sure. I love the fact that it's alive and growing. And um, the Reinvention Academy. Uh, so you can go on to the Chief Reinvention Officer and then click on the big red button that says Reinvention Academy. And um, can you tell us a little bit about that? And, and so you, you know, because that you mentioned at the beginning that you're trying to scale. And and reach a billion people across the planet. How does the Reinvention Academy work? Uh,
1: the Reinvention Academy is a virtual, at this point, uh, um, community of people around the world. We offer anything from a one-time events and short workshops to extensive uh, certified reinvention practitioner programs that will run for twelve months and give you a hands-on project and a whole bunch of tools and skills and so on. Mm. So it's a uh, it's an effort to give reinvention uh, enough of the substance mm. um, because it is a new and emerging profession. Many people ask me, how is reinvention different from innovation or change management or agile? Mm. Uh, It's not different. It's actually aligning all of those competing schools of thought under one framework. So we do not compete with any of them. We are connecting them. The problem I see in real business is people who deal with strategy and uh, forecasting and foresight usually hate people who are responsible for implementation. Mm. And people who are responsible for implementation hate those strategy and consultants who are coming in with their shiny PowerPoints completely detached from reality, so they don't talk to each other. I also see that innovation, design thinking, Agile and Scrum live in their own world and Mm. there's not enough adaptation in full real business. So this is an effort to build bridges between the silos within the organization And between different schools of thought that are tending to compete with each other. We don't need to compete. There's enough for everyone. We need to align and co-direct. So there's a coherence and alignment between all of this dispersed and often disconnected efforts.
0: Mm. So on the website, it, it does say exactly that. Chief Reinvention Officer is a method that... Is all about integration, mixing and interlocking a lot of work from integration, innovation, design thinking and creative leadership So, And that's really what I'm seeing in the world as well. So that's fantastic. The last thing is around your Facebook page. And yes. I've, I've never I was accepted this last week into it. So thank you very much for that. But I've never been part of a Facebook group that's got over two and a half thousand people. <laughs> and so. If, if someone goes and looks for a reinvention officer on Facebook, then they just fill in a, a, a short questionnaire um, and then they can get access to that Facebook group as well, eh?
1: Yes. So we created the first group. It's called Reinvention Society. So if you're looking for groups, you're Googling for Facebook Reinvention Society. Uh the first group was actually uh the reason this group was created, nine of us, uh it was a mix of business owners and chief executives. One nine of us came together to a private retreat in Slovenian Alps. Wow. We sat there, it's a beautiful leadership retreat. Uh, owned by my wonderful friend, Ina Kukovic-Borovnik, uh, called Bela Voda, a beautiful up in the Alps, uh, natural wood. And we sat there in the old barn and did a workaround reinvention. Mm. And then we said, OK, we're all from different countries. How are we going to stay connected? And I said, OK, I'll do a private Facebook group. No problem. So <laughs> nine of us <laughs> started this group. And now it's almost 3,000 people. Wow. And this group is very much my home. When I have a problem, I come in and ask a question. When I have a visual, I want. we're starting this huge campaign called 100K Reinvention Challenge where we want to volunteer to give free basic reinvention education to 100,000 people. So we're starting it this Friday and I needed feedback on the visuals that will represent this campaign. And I just post two visuals and say vote because the community helps me make everything better. And the same with others. I remember the story of Maya Bt. Maya was a, a, still is a consultant and she had a project in India. She is in the US. She've never worked in India. And she was wondering what should she know to approach her first meeting in an intelligent and um, complex or comprehensive and uh, really thoughtful way so she posted she said hey guys i have a project in india never worked in india can somebody help me understand this and that i tagged another person in the community from india and say jatin can you help maya In a matter of half a day, she had so much free input on what to do, what not to do, what to keep in mind. It's very generous. It's a wonderful, warm group where everyone is practicing and sharing their examples and their stories and so on. And you are welcome to use that space. I always do this Facebook lives where I tell to every participant, take up space. You have Mm -hmm. a problem, post it. You have a victory, post it. We want to celebrate with you. And that's what this group is about.
0: Sure. Well, I'm very happy to be part of it as well. And um, the last thing, Nadia, is your fantastic blog. So, this, once again, this is all on Chief Reinvention Officer that you can subscribe to and get and we're talking about business models and that's your latest blog that you did what is the right business model for me and then you've got three invention examples and why I'm not going to trademark this etc so yes. that do you try and create a weekly blog that you put on your website
1: yes we do and we are now merging the two homes we have one blog running on reinvention society or on reinvention academy website and one blog running on chief invention officer all of it will be building into one because we've grown so much so unexpectedly that we need to create cohesion between them but the easiest way to get involved with us is to get your free version 85 page demo version of our new book Mm -hmm. and that will give you an access to a blog that will mean that you will get weekly free resource from us in the form of an email that I send you either a podcast or I send you some tool or something else. That will also mean that you will be invited into a Facebook group that is private, Reinvention Society. And the book itself, you get whole 85 pages. You get full intro. You get the Titanic syndrome diagnostic. Mm-hmm. You get a case, a beautiful case right here in Columbus, Ohio. You get also a wonderful tool that many find as the most useful tool of the whole book, which is the Stellar Strategy Canvas. All of it is free. It's an 85-page book preview, and I will make sure it's in the show notes as well. It's com forward slash handbook, but we'll make it in the show notes. So that that's the easiest one-point entry for anyone who wants to try, test, connect, and see if this is the resource and material for you.
0: Super. That's fantastic. Um, so I'll have as you say, I'll have all those details in the show notes. And thank you so much, Nadia. I really, really appreciate your time. It's been fantastic speaking to you today. Um, And I just encourage everyone to be involved and to, you know, access all the different resources that you have. and, And you give so freely and generously to people. So thank you very, very much, Nadia, for joining me today.
1: It's my great pleasure and wonderful
0: questions, Lance. It's been an honor. Thank you. And thank you for your book. So the book is The Chief Reinvention Officer Handbook. And I hope you, the listener, found this as interesting and useful as I did. If you'd like to contact me, then please do. My email is lance.ideastorm.ca. And the website is www.ideastorm.ca. So until next time, goodbye. If this interview with Nadia has inspired you to buy her book, The Chief Reinvention Officer Handbook, then you can go to my website, www.ideastorm.ca.za, click on the Buy Books tab and buy the book from there. You'll also find the other best-selling books that have been featured on this podcast. So until next time, stay safe and well.